Welcome, movie fans. Today we're dissecting another animated movie called The Boss Baby. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Anatomy of a Movie. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We're back, and we're talking The Boss Baby with Alec Baldwin, Steve Buscemi, and a few others. But first, why don't we introduce... Our cast, we have Marissa Serafini. <laughs> Hello, everyone. And uh, you might have seen her every now and then. It's Becca Brown. Hi! <laughs> um, and I'm Phil Svitek. And for those of you joining us for the very first time, understand that this movie will be spoiler-filled. And um, also, if you want to follow along with us, you can download our rundown. On uh, in the description, just click the link and you can download it. It's also got our pictures, so that way, if you're just listening to the audio version, you can get the pictures just the same. And as we always do, let's start with overall impressions, starting with sort of our guest host, <laughs> Becca Brown. I'm gonna keep it concise. It had like everything I needed in a movie. Well, and in like an animated movie, um, it had cute babies and cute animated dogs, and it had really good music and. I mean, I saw it yesterday, and really enjoyed it. <laughs> All right. That was quick. Yeah, it was. Um, I saw the trailer a few times for this film, and, and, you know, I'm a big fan of Alec Baldwin and everything he does, so, like, automatically just watching the trailer, I was laughing. I was like, oh, I'll definitely see this film. And, you know, DreamWorks is pumping out a lot of good movies lately um, that, like, I've actually thoroughly enjoyed. So, like, uh, and I'll give it to them. This was a solid film because I laughed a lot, um, yes, it had babies, but also what I took out of the film was, like, the, the meaning of family, um, not, like, how you started, but how you end up, and, like, that, like, I, I really, you know, that that really hit something with me, and I enjoyed it, and overall, like, I got laughs, and I think if you're an adult, you can enjoy this. If you're a kid, you're, you can enjoy this. It's feel good. Yeah, I think, I, th- I think this movie, for whatever reason, I obvi- obviously ended up being number one at the box office, and finally took down Beauty and the Beast. Uh, however, it, it's, it doesn't have that high of a score on Rotten Tomatoes overall. And I wonder why. I, I think this movie is clever enough. I, I think it's, you know, invented something kind of cool. Um, it stays within that imagination. And, you know, what's fun about it is that it completes the cycle in the sense that now he's sort of passing this on to his kid as a means. Mm-hmm. And so we never really leave... We never get out of that reality too much, which is the fun part, even though we get those quick glimpses of, like, oh, he has an overactive imagination. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, so, I, and, and you know what? They explained all those things quite funny, and, and, and it's enjoyable. Um, kind of the origin story of the ultimate boss <laughs> um, mm-hmm. through the eyes of, of Tim Templeton. Yeah, I liked how the narrative um, for for this film was through the the kids' perspective, and I feel with mm-hmm. a lot of kids, you you get the kids' perspective, but it was from the the older siblings' perspective of how they see the world of the parents and having a, a baby come into the family, like their initial thoughts of what that would do and change the dynamic within the story. I liked that. I feel like the life lesson was more like the life lesson by the end of the movie was more meaningful because of that narration from the older kid absolutely and 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 uh, you know i love the fact that it brought them together and it's the first movie that i've ever seen that's made memos fun (laughs) (laughs) right memos could change the world they can they did in this movie certainly it changed his world for sure it saved Uh, his world really absolutely all right um marissa you want to kick us off with the the beginning the development of all of us yes so DreamWorks I mean they they they've been really great they acquired um, they usually uh, acquire interesting books and this was one of them uh, Marla Frazee the you know the original writer of the book the Boss Baby um, we had the director Tom McGrath he was in talks with DreamWorks about this and they they gave him this book and he immediately res- it resonated with him because he he comes from a family like that he is an older sibling and it, it's something that related to to him and then also the producer of this 
um, movie Ramsey and Nato, she also is a, a sibling and she understood the family aspect and um, so it resonated both with the creator and the director and they, they were just so on board with this the concept of um, this family. Yeah, I, I like her quote. Um, she wrote, uh, Tom sent me the script about three and a half years ago. My connection through um, was being a mother. I have children, and my first son was seven, just like Tom uh, Templeton. When my second son arrived, he was really jealous. So, yeah. Um, so, obviously, a lot of connection there. Um, this is sort of maybe for a little bit later, but one of the things I do like in terms of dream work. Uh, how much they believed in it was that they were willing to push back the release date from 2016 to now. Um, Because one of the things I certainly enjoyed was that, you know, we go throughout the house, but yet no one scene is ever the same. You know, the room Mm -hmm. always changes. Mm -hmm. The hallway is a huge example of that. And it just depends on the sort of mood Tim Templeton is because that's the way he perceives the world and, and, and whatnot. And so his room could be a jail cell or it could be a happy place. Yeah, absolutely. And, that, and we'll definitely get in, into the animation, but uh, that's what I also enjoyed about this film was the different types of animation that was in it. And I wasn't expecting it because we're having so many just kids' films now that like you only see animation and that's it. We're, we're getting away from like the 2D hand-drawn animation style that I really miss. But even Kung Fu Panda, which is also another DreamWorks film, like they did really well in the 2D animation. There's a lot of sequences like that. Also with Madagascar, also DreamWorks, you know. I think DreamWorks does a great job of still having the 2D animation style mm-hmm. aspect. And they, I think they easily incorporated it within this film. Mm-hmm. And I think they did a good job um, with the kids' anima- uh, imagination scenes because... It brought magic to the film, which I love. <laughs> and it, like, it didn't go too over the top because I feel like that's how kids actually think. That's how kids, a kid's mind works. Yeah. And it, it set up the rules very nicely. Um, the, whatever you, you call it, a tootsie, call it a sucker, whatever. The, you, you, right? The thing that makes them remember. Oh, the pacifier. Yeah, yeah, that. That's it. <laughs> the pacifier. I'm like, well, wait, he, he what went are we through all at? the things that it could be named. He didn't name a pacifier because mm-hmm. a baby's not going to know what the hell a pacifier yeah. is. Yeah. Um, but so I like that, and I, I love the simple premise of like, hey, love's being taken away by yeah. puppies. <laughs> because that's also true. <laughs> so <I was> like, <laughs> yeah. Like your attention, like like that that same type of love that you give towards a newborn baby can also be the same type of love that you give to a newborn puppy. It comes from the same place. It does. It's the cuteness effect. But I'll give you a secret about love. Love (laughs) is the one thing that defines physics. You can multiply it. Oh, hey, oh. It's deep. That is. There you go. So if only the babies knew that. And they didn't. <laughs> they didn't. Um, so absolutely, very very simple premise overall and, and whatnot. And who, it just it just kind of, I, you know, to be honest, when I saw the trailers, I didn't quite know how this was going to work out and how it was going to be sort of grounded in reality. And they had the best answer ever. Don't ground it in reality whatsoever. Oh, no. Just from the poster, I was thinking that. Like, just from, like, seeing uh, posters on, like, Hollywood Boulevard and stuff. I'm like, how is that movie going to work? Like, are people actually going to go see it? Uh, is it going to be good? <laughs> is it going to be funny? Is it going to do what it's supposed to? But it I thought did. it was good. It did. People gave it a shot. And yeah. you know what? It succeeded. Glad it gave it a shot. Um, all right. Um, let's talk about the brotherhood. Well, let's talk about the story structure. I mean, it's an age-old story structure where you sort of start in the middle um, or you start sort of towards the end and you kind of work your way backwards, meaning Tim's retelling the story. Now, at first, we don't know that it's his child, it's his, his, his girl. Yeah. Um, but he, he's recounting the story, and we get that sort of it's a, um, the Odyssey does that, right? Yeah, Dating right. back to that sort of technique. Um, and I like the, the one gripe I will say I had kind of with it, and I want to get your guys' perspective. Um, Alec Baldwin. The, his voice stays throughout the movie, even as he gets older, in, in that latter half. Whereas um, Tim changes voices, and I was like, I don't think we should change voices. Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to stick with what I said before, that I think they were just trying to bring Tobey Maguire into the movie somehow because he's a well-known name. And Mm. it just Mm. draws people, more people. Even though they already have well-known names, it just draws people even more. You know, it's it's interesting. That really honestly didn't bother me as much because I like I like the fact that we actually had a, a child actor voicing a child mm-hmm. because if you tried to get Toby Maguire doing all the the ad- imagination scenes and pretending and it I don't think it would uh translate as well to have that that fun um childlike innocence yeah. that what the actual child actor could bring to an actual child. Mm-hmm. I mean, we even had, and we'll get into it, but like Alec Baldwin, when he his character was you know finally starting to like play along with the imaginations, it still felt like an adult, but like accepting what was happening. Um, I don't think that would have worked well if Toby was trying to show us all the imaginations within his voice. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could picture him voicing a kid well but not to the extent of the whole showing the imagination th- happening yeah and I, I guess the innocence is I guess in discussion of it it does work because you know um, boss baby is always an adult mm-hmm. and so he kind of does stay the same his, his he, he he's like an adult that regains his imagination <laughs> and all that stuff whereas uh you know Tim kind of does have to grow up a little bit. And so that's so. I, I I guess you're correct in having discussed it. They um, in the middle. <laughs> um, what do you guys think of all the tropes? Um, you know, just having like the just the fact that the parents worked for Puppy Co. and were successful, and like the the, the secret mission is okay. We're we're gonna infiltrate. We're gonna tire them out so that way we can gain information about Puppy Co. and the new puppy. I I had mixed feelings about Puppy Co. Like at the beginning, I was like, "Oh, puppies, yay!" And then <laughs> my actual reaction, puppies, yay! <laughs> and then like we were talking about this earlier, like Puppy Co. is a villainous place, kind yeah, of so it, to speak. It, it was funny because you know we saw Puppy Co. and all I could think of was like, "Wow, does." You know, PetSmart go through this in real life? Yeah. Do do they always have to, like, work their marketing campaigns to make sure that they don't go out of company? Um, I, I, (laughs) it was funny how they set that up as the villain, but even though, like, it wasn't, like, out of maliciousness, it it, it was just, you know, this this baby corp was viewing um, Puppy Co. as the the villain. So we're like, they're not really doing something mean. They're just doing a business. They're running a business. Yeah. They're doing their job, honestly. Even if it's putting your business out, then that's really on you. That's not on Puppy Co. Well, oh, well, there lies the time. I don't think, you know, what we learn at the end of the movie is that Puppy Co. is not necessarily evil. It's Francis Francis. Yeah. Um, because, you know, he's not doing it for that it, it's he, he literally is trying to basically uh, take revenge against baby corp um because of what he went through i i think the twist was interesting because i didn't see it coming that he looked up to francis and what was his name again <laughs> the big fat baby amazing yeah, yeah gluttonous um, boss baby i should have uh, written it i'll look it up but um i i thought that twist was really good because i I didn't predict it that he was like looking up to him and then he turns out to be all evil and malicious and stuff like that. We should have known though because like they usually when you you get that twist of a villain at the end it's it's usually because of oh we were already introduced to this person so we should have known. I thought that the setup was brilliant because he made it out to be his idol something that he wanted to work for. And, yeah, with the whole twist of the villain at the end, again, it put the twist on Baby Corps. Well, the, um, that company was actually the one who did all the wrongdoing and not Puppy Co. Yeah. Yeah, sir, certainly. Um, <laughs> you know, it just makes you wonder. Sometimes babies shouldn't be running businesses. Maybe. Yeah, it's probably good advice. It's probably why they don't run businesses. Adam, this <laughs> hey, you don't know that. Baby Corps exists. It does? Oh. You don't I mean, know. where? Like, 
Well, not in real life. I mean, honestly, but, <laughs> but I mean, you, but you can think about it. There have been like people in real in real life. Like you could technically be a king of a country yeah. while you're a baby, and you know, like, but you can't have them run the country because they just don't have the intelligence level to run a country. I've watched um, something like that actually, but different country. But like you, you, you know <laughs> what I mean? It's like you can have power being a baby or being yeah. someone small, but that doesn't mean you should necessarily run it or you're in the best position to do it. You know, yeah. in history terms, more like depending on your who your ancestors are. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. um, and again, you know, one of the, one of the things I did like was the pacing of this movie because it, it um, introduced things at the right time. So even with, like, Baby Core, you, you didn't quite know what it was. They withheld that information because you're sort of watching him go through this mm-hmm. and you know he's nervous about just the tickle test and you're like, okay, he's not going to go there with the family. So what's the alternative? The eyes were so sad, like, while he was watching everyone else. I laughed the hardest when it said management. (laughs) (laughs) It just, like, established the fact, like, because you're emotionless and, and, like, you you can't allow yourself to be happy, you go into management. (laughs) Yeah. I thought that was a sad but funny realization. I... (laughs) <laughs> you know, and, and I love the tip for Tat later with between Tim, him and Tim of like, oh, my dad says uh, people who can't do manage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the baby's like, nope. I think they were poking fun at like just being in a managerial position. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't think that's necessarily true. <laughs> it is what you make it out to be. Yeah, honestly. that. Oh, 100%. That's why, you know... Um, but I just love the comedy of all the sort of big business management type type stuff of like I got you know I, are you gonna do anything? Yeah, I'm gonna write a memo. <laughs> <laughs> gonna have but a yeah, memo. but are, aren't you gonna do anything? No, well, me- memo is doing <laughs> something. <laughs> Makes you feel better. Um, so yeah, I, I just like I just loved thing. all the, uh, the the parodies of like the corporate world from a baby's perspective. Uh, definitely, you know, and I was thinking while watching it, I was like, okay, if you're in family, is it only just these two options? What, what like, is there like a happy middle? If it's not family, if it's not management, what's Disneyland. another thing that it could go in? Uh, what's another category it could be under? Work in an amusement park. No. Social <laughs> services, who knows? <laughs> Social like customer service. <laughs> something like that. I don't know. Yeah, there should be like a happy medium. That would have been interesting. <laughs> maybe on the next one. The next one. Maybe when the is kid. Is going to be a second one? I don't know. Maybe it's from the, it. from the girl's perspective. Oh, maybe. My daddy said this, but I don't see that. <laughs> and I that's think, my girl voice. Yeah. I think it was really it was good. interesting how they tried to skirt around the idea of where the babies come from. Mm-hmm. And then they show that was us literally a whole production line or like a factory assembly line of this is where babies come from. Like, Okay, this is how they're going to establish. Well, and then at one point, uh, he whispers to the baby. He's like, this is what my parents told me. (laughs) Right. And I'm like, oh, dear. (laughs) It's good because, you know, I mean, I I think it's a great kind of explanation to to, to little kids who are there with their parents. And, of course, Becca was very eager to find out, but uh, she'll have to wait another day. (laughs) Um, Today is not that day. (laughs) Um, yeah, where was I uh, going to next with that? Um, oh, um, the, one one of the things uh, you had pulled this Marissa that I found interesting was how Alec Baldwin sort of fell in love with this, and they they sort of they combined Megamind with Minds from Thirty Rock, and Alex saw that, and that's what kind of got him on board for the concept. Yeah, and you know, and I loved both. Um, 30 Rock is a great show. That's, you know, why I love Alec Baldwin. But Megamind was such an underrated animated film that I think more people should have saw it and more people should have appreciated it because that was an actually good film. Talking about anti-hero, I mean, that movie had a twist in itself that worked out for the better for them. Um, And, uh, like, blending those two, yeah, I was totally on board with Boss Baby and just the fact that, just the ironic fact that you have an adult baby that acts like an adult but is stuck in a baby you know body 
just that and, fact alone is funny. You should want to watch that just to see how it plays out. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I mean, I mean, they had everything, even down to getting your quote-unquote coffee, which was mm-hmm. their bottle, um, and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, they really, really did nail it. Um, let's talk about Tim, because obviously he's the protagonist of mm-hmm. all of this. Um, I think the nice part is he changes each. You know, it's a brother movie, but in the same, like, it has the same tropes of a buddy comedy movie where ultimately they all have to come together and work together. So both, in this case, change equally. Yeah. Which is no, nice to, to see. And uh, But let's, you know, let's talk about Tim. What, what was uh, your favorite part, your, your, your most, the thing that you gravitated towards most? Uh, I, I liked that I could see, like, Were probably me in it. As a child, except I, I loved my little sisters. I, when uh, my mom told me that my little sisters were coming, I bought dolls to like pretend that they were my little sisters. Were you as jealous as Tim was? I was never jealous. I was so excited. <laughs> but were you ever disappointed later in life? If you're like, I had so much high hopes for you, but look at you now. I mean, sibling rivalries and stuff happen. So I think that I think that aspect of the movie it's like every sibling has moments where they're like i don't i want to be the only uh kid in the house mm-hmm. type thing and well marissa you're no stranger to siblings i know and i only like, but i'm not the oldest <laughs> sibling. So are you the I, youngest? I am the baby of my family um so like i don't really understand like that the jealousy of <laughs> the adult sibling I find it relatable, though, within a family. It's like, how do you equally disperse love throughout to all your children? Yeah. Um, I, th- I thought that was relatable. But, you know, Miles Bashke, uh, Bakshi, uh, who voiced him, I, I thought he did a great job because even the character of Tim, yeah, he is the protagonist of the film and we're following a child throughout. He was more precocious than a seven-year-old kid at that age. Mm-hmm. And that's... I thought it was easy to follow him because not once did I felt that I was, you know, incumbent to uh, a child's innocence, you know, mm-hmm. intelligence range or like, oh, you can only go so far until the joke is over because adults would understand that's not how it goes. Um, not not once did I felt limited by child's innocence you know mm-hmm. um and his imaginations were fun and i they thought it, it was true to what a kid is yeah it's going to be erratic and all over the place but i thought it was a fun likable kid to follow throughout a whole film i i think the uh imagination scenes were something that adults can could also enjoy where it's like in like some children's program it's like that looks ridiculous it's like it looked ridiculous but at the same time it's like oh so that's what my so that's what like my little cousin or my kid is thinking Mm -hmm. in their head um i also watched a video where uh at the beginning when he was running down the stairs his his shirt changed from one to two it had the number one on it but then when boss baby arrived it had the number two on it I, I found that interesting. Interesting. I missed that. Yeah, I was not. Uh, I, I missed that in the movie, sh- <laughs> but I, I watched a video and they and said they, they said that fact, and I was like, "That's interesting." <laughs> um, absolutely. Uh, you know, and like I said, I just can't commend it enough on all the tropes that it uses. The fact that like play dates turn into meetings. <laughs> Hysterical. Um, I, I did feel for the, um, I, I don't know, I don't want to call him this, but the stupid baby. Uh, <laughs> it was so, <laughs> yes. <laughs> he was so, lo- he, he was so sweet. He just wanted to help. He was just the big lovable baby that you can't help but just love. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't fully developed in the brain quite yet. No, no. yeah, not yet. I feel like none of the other little sidekicks were, but... Um, I like the sidekick babies, though. They were fun. Yeah, I liked them. They added so much more to the film than I was actually expecting them to be. I mean, we had a whole chase sequence with them. Like, (laughs) what are these babies? I mean, they were pretty fun to watch. Yeah. uh, I feel like the little girl reminded me of, like, one of the characters on Charlie Brown. (laughs) To be honest. The girl sidekick. Oh. Okay. Which one? Which Charlie Brown character? Oh. It's terrible. Oh, Lost the name. No, you, you can't are. bring that up yeah. if you don't know. 
Uh, I, I like that the, the, the triplets girl. were funny. <laughs> the triplets were funny. And the you're little like for onesies. Yourself? Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> you can't tell us what this is. <laughs> They're the three musketeers. Um, Child form, yeah. That that was great, and um, yeah, they were all, and it made sense. They were all sort of employees of Puppy Coast. So if you have, um, which by the way, they, they created such a elaborate um, uh, daycare, if you will. Oh, they do. And all for evil purposes to lure all the kids to see who, who they who they can catch. Well, when you have all the money in the world, I guess you can. <laughs> Perhaps, yeah. Um, so, uh, okay, the parents. Let's talk about the parents. Uh, Lisa Kudrow and Jimmy Kimmel. I thought they did a wonderful job. Perfect. <laughs> um, they were just the right amount of like real mm-hmm. in this in this crazy chaotic world that we needed, uh, and. Uh, <laughs> at the same time, just just lovable, not knowing what's really going on. I I think the dad being voiced by Jimmy Kimmel and me having like watched videos he posts of like his daughter helped me with like the whole him being in a family aspect thing in this movie. Mm-hmm. So I liked him voicing the dad. Yeah, and I, I liked Lisa. I really liked him. I'm a big fan of Lisa Kudrow. I mean, hello, friends. Yes. Uh, she, she's great. And I actually watched an interview with Lisa before I watched this film. And she, she pointed out a, a fun fact that um, Lisa Kudrow and Alec Baldwin actually played uh, boyfriend and girlfriend in Friends. in Friends. And now just, you know, talking about the industry and how it just kind of comes full circle now that she's voicing the voice of the mother of Alec Baldwin. It's just, you know, funny how the industry works. Yeah. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I think they, there was humor. They felt like realistic parents. And the fact mm-hmm. that they were so um, uh, easy to kind of manipulate from <laughs> the baby, but, again, not in a malicious way. Just like, yeah, we have a new child. Well. And the, the way that they twisted, you know, having a newborn baby, the, the different situations, like... Oh, he needs his his water bottle or his you know his yeah. milk bottle. Um, all these situations that typically what parents go the through exhaustion. With new, yeah, I like how it, the the sped up scene where like everything's like sped up and then they're like all of a sudden asleep. Mm-hmm. I'm like that's probably a thing that happens. Oh, hundred. I'm like my poor parents. Uh, you're probably the worst, Becca. <laughs> you, you gave your parents hell. I was like, I want a pony every day. <laughs> and I, I even loved the, it. Just had so much, so many, so many layers of humor. I, I even enjoyed the. Um, we have to talk the, about that. B a b e e. Why? <laughs> because he's taking over. Uh, so I enjoyed. Like it, they never let a joke. Yeah. Go unexplored, if you will. They they always kind of were like, "Can we add a? Can we punch this up a little bit?" And and they were able to do that. Mm-hmm. So um, I enjoyed all aspects of that. Um, what was you guys might as well just kind of uh, stamp at home. But what was your favorite fantasy sequence, or even set piece? Hmm. Should we go I to Marissa? <laughs> yeah, go to Marissa. Okay. Um, I loved all the different anime uh, imaginations because not one was similar to each other. Yeah, they all had different looks. Um, I one that I thought was sometimes simplicity goes a long way, um, and simple is better. The the ninja when he's in the hallway and trying yeah, to similar. like figure out what the noise is. Uh, that was two D animation. That was hand drawn. Like I missed that style. Plus it was simple to look at because it was like black and red. But it was still visually intriguing, going with the narrative. Um, I, I liked it. It was simple, and and even like the the pirates scene at the end. And I like I like that because colorful wise, oh my goodness, it was fun to watch. Yeah. But also just storytelling wise, that's when you know they were truly finally coming together and bonding, and it built that relationship to move the story forward it, that I felt the pirates bonding scene had you know more impact than all the other imaginations I was going to say the pirate scene at the end and and the beginning scene because it like set up the whole the mm-hmm. whole story and like his imagination and what we're going to be seeing throughout the film but I like the pirate scene at the end because it's where they like Arr. defeated and they You've defeated the bad guy and they won 
and my heart I was already feeling like a lot of feelings by that point in the movie because it was so emotional I'm like oh they've bonded it's so sweet <laughs> and that's how back of you is a movie <laughs> uh, I enjoyed the part where he's like I'm going to be there for Christmas I'm going to be there for this I'm going to be there for that um, because in that moment it's a very threatening thing but they were able to repurpose that obviously towards the end of the movie and, and Tim's saying it to Boss Baby and he's saying it as a almost like a promise of hey we'll always be together so the fact that they were able to repurpose that line in a different mm-hmm. way um, I thought was very clever and, and a good technique yeah I liked it it made it more meaningful definitely the second time around because the first time it was like a threat and the yeah. second time is a promise as a brother as a family member that you're you're going to be there for a different reason yeah 100% um also, I love the cookies are for closers because it's from uh, Alec Baldwin's uh, Coffee is for Closers line. <laughs> yes. I like that. All right. That was a funny line. I liked Put uh, the cookie down. <laughs> I liked the whole when they were on their way to the airport scene, and I liked it even more after I watched a video. Like, an hour, I was watching this, like, fun facts video, and it's uh, in the video said that the neighborhood that they were going through was like modeled after E.T. and the bike ride in E.T. So I really I like that this. scene now. I really enjoyed <laughs> the, the chase scene because you got all the babies and I'm just thinking, where are the parents? Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, and if there were any witnesses watching babies go <gasps> the down witnesses. the street, you know? It's like um, the the unrealistic nature of the scene is funny. Just watch. Just and I, about it. I didn't but really it was cool because it was nicely blended in, again into the animation and it helped with Tim overcome his fear of you know taking the out the training wheels and again this was another bonding scene that I enjoyed and another thing that every kid goes through the training wheel, wheels and it, and it's like a big step in the movie because like training wheels it's, it's growth not yes. having training wheels on your bike absolutely Especially for that, because like that was a point of contention by Boss Babies. Like, oh, you need training wheels. Uh, Timothy Leslie Templeton. <laughs> Leslie. And every time they said Leslie, everyone laughed. Every, every time they said Templeton, though, I thought of a rat. Because <laughs> Charlotte's one. Oh, right. Oh, Becca. Oh. Uh, <laughs> again, showing your age. <laughs> hey, listen. Uh, well, Charlotte's Web's a good. It's a good movie. It is actually. That's you know, a it's a feel book. Good, and a book. <laughs> okay, because I've, I've read, read the, the book. book. I've read probably book. not seen the movie, I don't think. <gasps> I've seen the animation and the live for Charlotte's Me too. And read the book. <laughs> All right. Um, so Tom McGrath uh, directed it. He's also done Megamind, a movie which you advocated for. Um, and he's done the Madagascar movies so far. Um, so he's no stranger to the animation game by any means. I feel like I haven't seen a DreamWorks movie in a long time, like a DreamWorks animated movie, and I I was impressed. Like, have you seen Kung Fu Panda? I have not. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But honesty. <laughs> um, Guess yeah, I, I haven't watched a DreamWorks animation film in a long time, because I'm, I'm a Disney person, not going to lie. So I, I just, I think if something has both. Disney before it, I'm like... Disney, gotta go see that. <laughs> but it, they they were up to Disney's level. <laughs> Is that the standard? <laughs> it, it might be. <laughs> I I think Tom did a great job of balancing. You know the the animation. Um, did, we definitely got the storytelling across, but you know the the moral lessons within the the book. Something. I mean, it, it started from a kid's book, so I think he did a great job of fleshing it out. And having it, you know, relate to the adults and to the ch- child um, perspective, and yeah, we know he he knows animation. He knows that world is not new to him. Um, I think there was a nice balance. The pacing was incredibly mm-hmm. fast. At, at the end of this film, I was like, oh, it's over, because I don't think there was like one scene that lasted more than two minutes. So, and, and you got to remember, this is geared towards the younger Kids. demographic where. ADD is not, you know, like attention isn't as long as it should be. Which and I, I never lost. It never lost my attention. I, I, I saw the ADDness with the baby in my theater in the front row. Yeah. 
<laughs> the whole time, baby's like in front of me, crossing, in front, in waving at me in my theater. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, my uh, <laughs> my theater was actually pretty good. The kids, the kids were all right. Um, supervised. I, I supervised it, but I mean, even so, like they, you know, even if they have supervision, they can act out. Yeah, that's kids, true. Mm-hmm. Uh, kids can act out, so that was a, that was a bonus for for my screening. Um, you know, one of the things that, uh, that we've sort of touched upon, but the, but the idea that uh, you know we've talked about the number of jokes that it has, how great it is, but um, it's also fantastic to hear. Like, you know, going back to the point of ADD, um, they were very specific with the scenes that they kept and they trimmed it down to what they needed to, because yeah, um, if you're that young and that's your core audience, you're not gonna have a. They're not gonna have a big attention span, so they don't want a two-hour movie. Mm-hmm. This was a very fast-paced movie, um, and so uh, I don't know, let's call it brevity. Fast-paced yeah, and enjoyable. Definitely. Absolutely. I think that, yeah, I think there was just a nice balance because it was a short film, but they managed to fit so many different mm-hmm. aspects into this film. You had a villain. You had a family member. You had a twist. You had a, a chase scene. You also had um, the moments where it it was slow and you let it breathe, especially after when the plane goes off and he's just sitting there in the airport terminal. It's like it had its moments to, to be calm. Um, that I think it was a good balance of a lot of different types of moments. And it, I feel like they could have like easily added like five or more montage scenes throughout, but they didn't. And they had like only like two scenes that were like sped up. Really, I think throughout the movie. Well, at that point, yeah, it was like basically two days until Puppy Con, Puppy Co, Con, mm-hmm. at the convention center. Um. Where do you live? The convention center? <laughs> hey, good, good for the bachelorettes. Um, something that I, I didn't realize about Hans Zimmer, but um, he does a lot of animated movies. I, yeah, he does. Which explains like why the music was good. It certainly was, but you know, when I think of Hans Zimmer, I don't always think of him as kids. But I think of him like over the yeah, top, yeah. Inception, boom, epic swell. You know, not necessarily. That's boss true. Baby. That's true. But um, a job well done overall. Yeah, I mean, like I definitely noticed it during the the car chase, mm-hmm. not the car chase. Um, just the the, the chase, chase in the street, um, the baby chase, more if you want to call it that. Um, I I didn't I recognize it in that because it's a lot is happening. And you're switching back and forth. Plus, that is the nice blend into an imagination, which you had the the overswell of literally an ocean um, when we saw that. So we got um, the the crescendo of his music during that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, and it, it was him and um, Steve Mazzaro. Um, they collaborated on this together. Um, yeah, I, I as, as as we pointed out, and I think you, Becca, in particular, at the beginning. Um, and this isn't necessarily the score, but just the combination of the score along with the music that's that's there that they were mm-hmm. able to pull. Um, a very fantastic job in general, I thought, with yeah. the music. And it's not just the, the orchestra, but there was actually, you know, a song that had meaning in this movie, you know, with the Blackbird. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, a, that's a great, iconic song, and the fact that they used it in, in different ways and talking about repurposing, like, that was a personal song that his parents sang to, to Tim to calm him down. And then even at oh, the full end, circle. Yeah, he was doing it to, to calm down the the boss baby and like it, it had more meaning. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it was also there was that great joke from from the baby to Tim of like, are your parents uh the Beatles? <laughs> no, you don't even know our parents' names. Right. <laughs> Um, he actually said John and yeah, John, yeah, that's what he said. Um, he was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I rather enjoyed that. Um, anything else production-wise that you guys want to discuss before we move on to um, the the reception and box office? Well, I, a little bit about the production and animation. We were talking about the different yeah. styles about of, of all the imaginations, but they actually wanted to use the you know the forties, fifties, and sixties styles um, for for all the the different abstract, colorful themes of each um, imagination that uh, Tim goes through. Which and then of course there, there's a lot of like references that people wouldn't 
get, or you could call them Easter eggs, but you had Moby Dick. You yeah, had Moby. Evil hmm. Knievel. Um, you, there, you know, there, there was just, uh, you also had E.T. The, there's there's a lot of kid references. Um, child, and But, like, those stories are all, like, coming-of-age stories. And was the umbrella thing, like, actually meant to be a Mary Poppins thing? Because it's DreamWorks, not Disney, so I was kind of confused on that one. And huh. I mean, you also had <laughs> Gandalf, which that wizard that was, was hysterical. Yeah, and that's Warner Brothers. Yeah, that's Warner Brothers. <laughs> I'm a wizard. I don't even know. We don't even have clocks. Halflings. <laughs> it's you seven o'clock. Pass. <laughs> I liked the whole uh, intro scene with the babies. That was that was that, pretty cute. The assembly line. Assembly line. That was adorable, and the song. Um. Yeah, that that was good with the pacifier. That almost, he's like, no, you <laughs> no, shall not go in there. That's for sure. No, no, no. Um, that would hurt. The pacifier was a, a fun tool that they they used also mm-hmm. to help transport them to Baby Core. Like, oh, that interesting. Was, <laughs> that was quite funny. And then when the dad opens the door and he's like, what the heck? <laughs> bonding moment. A bonding moment. Yeah. Sweet bonding moment. Yeah, I don't need to be a part of this. I'm gonna <laughs> let you guys do your thing. You know, yeah. maybe like, well, if you, gonna... maybe by the time you're ten, if you're still doing this, we might be a little bit worse. <laughs> I mean, my sister didn't get up her still. She was like six. Um, <laughs> she's gonna hate me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, in terms, we'll um, we'll backtrack towards box office, but first, in terms of reception, A minus for cinema score. So very good score. Um, however, the Rotten Tomatoes is only a 50. I mean, come on. Really? I wonder why it's so low. What? I don't get it. Like, Is it like just Alec Baldwin's I was going to say, I feel like it's just Alec Baldwin's like, name. Yes, he, he is a very dominating character. and like. But Alec he's no Kevin Bal- Hart. Yeah, no, exactly. It's like, oh, don't even get me started on Kevin Hart. Trust me, that's a whole nother rant in and of its own. But I think Alec Baldwin does a great job because he is a strong lead character. He is a strong actor who can actually lead a movie. I mean, if you take Tim out, it, I mean, this movie's freaking called The Boss Baby. It is about the baby. But I thought Tim was equally as strong yeah. as The Boss Baby. I mean, I think there's... I'm starting to think there's like certain actors who just can't win on Rotten Tomatoes, like movies that they're in can't win, and maybe Alec Baldwin's one of them. I don't know. I you know I mean yeah, Influx gave it a C plus, and they write the Boss Baby is the middle of the road, mostly done one note joke movie that remains focused on imaginative qualities. Its literal premise doesn't always inspire on the surface, and I disagree with the you know the I don't think it has to go beyond that, but the beyond part of it is literal brotherhood and what that means and how you know both can learn from each other and grow together and what else it's so it's beautifully done what else do you need beyond that you did you have a shitty childhood you yeah st- exactly i was like this is some sounds like someone who's just bitter yeah i i maybe the critics are viewing it from the minds of like too much from the mind of an adult and not enough from the mind of a child and that's a problem. I viewed it as an adult, and I still had fun with it. I mean, I yeah. viewed it as, as like Questionable. who I am. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in the middle of adult and child. I would say Marissa's an adult, and she enjoyed it. So. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it, and I don't like. I don't want to get like too too into it, but I heard that the um, like people who are adopted might have a more bigger issue with this because where the babies come from and like how oh, babies yeah, are yeah. integrated into families they might have might be an issue how this movie showed that and you know what and i will say this like i personally I am adopted and i didn't see any problem with this i think people just need to get the stick out of that their was their get intent. over it like that yeah it's yeah. like you know like i don't want to get too into it but i didn't see that as an issue at all because they had the funny references of what actually happens you know yeah. you can and you can infer it's like this is just their storytelling of where the baby came from and why he's so different from a regular family from the perspective of tim yeah and and here's the thing at the end of the day too uh i mean it's no different how many times have we seen storks 
In fact, there was a freaking movie called Storks. I love Storks. And, and that was a great yeah, yeah. film. You know, I mean, they, they, that, how many theories are, are there from kids about where do babies come from? So, like, you know, come on. Yeah, get over f- it. And in fairness, Storks, babies came from a, a letter, all right? A piece of paper. That's where the babies were manufactured from. <laughs> and, like, that was a great film. Go, you know, go watch that film, too. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. I just um, think we need our world needs to take things less seriously sometimes. Yeah, I was like, this is the world of... the. This is how, in their version, this is where the babies come from so we can understand where the... Yeah. Becca, you need to write a memo. Uh, <laughs> take things less serious? Yeah, just send a memo. Have fun yeah. in life. Um, well, at the very least, people did have fun with the movie. Um, number one at the box office... Uh, opened up with fifty million, give or take, just slightly above that. Um, so that's that's a big, that's a great number. Yeah, especially for an animated film too. That's huge. That, yeah, that's huge. And especially that it topped Beauty and the Beast thing. Yeah, Beauty and the Beast was going strong for quite a number of weeks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like DreamWorks does. You know, they do pump out great kid content and you know, like adults can enjoy it too but they have strong animated films yeah and yeah beauty and the beast has you know been in the theaters for a while now but that's not to say that this film was it was a, a terrible film this was a, actually a very enjoyable film absolutely yeah. um it uh 53 females versus 47 males um, and 62% of the audience being under the age of 25. Hey, that's Becca. Hey! <laughs> I, that's yeah. not me. That is Becca. That's only Becca. Um, By one year. So, absolutely. Um, you know, and I, I think this will this movie will have legs. I think people, whatever hesitancy there was, I think people will start to be like, oh, you know what, it's actually a good movie. I think word of mouth is going to help propel it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited to see it go beyond that um i forget what do we even have this weekend that's nothing's going to compete with this directly uh, gifted comes out this weekend no one's going to watch that um not to say that's a bad movie either but yeah i mean we have some uh other films not that, not as big as like an animated film yeah yeah so it'll be um i i think it'll hold hold up for a little bit certainly mm-hmm. um in terms of keeping a number one spot, I don't know if it'll, it'll be able to keep it. I know next week, um, does that, the fate of I the think, Furious is definitely going to take that number one spot. But yeah. does that end happen? Like I think uh, Smurfs comes out this weekend, so that's another animated Ooh, film. Ooh, you're right. Oh. That, that might overtake this film. And does the Ant-Man one come out? Smurf has been around way longer than the Boss Baby, just like the storyline that has. Different generations of of a following for that film. Yeah, so my that, cousins. Are smart that fan. might give them a boost over this film. Well, um, if, if, if certainly this movie won't topple it, um, going in style. Oh, and yeah. it's that. It's, it's for old people. Yeah, Morgan Freeman, like a bunch of ad- retired oh, males. I, okay, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Have fun. So. Yeah, uh, I, I think Smurf is his biggest competition right now. Yeah, that's true. So we'll see. We'll see how they, they handle it. Um, any final thoughts before we wrap this up and send a good old memo? Overall, like I, I think this movie, visually it was fun to watch. Storytelling, um, there's a lot of moral lessons to it. And um, a, lot, a lot of relatability. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when it comes to family. I think people can really get on board with how they showed it, and I think they showed it in a fun, comedic light of, of families and what it means to actually be a family. Uh, yeah, go see it and be like open to it. Uh, go see it with like a light heart. Be prepared to have fun because it's a, it's a comedy and it's funny and it's cute and there's life lessons and morals, especially if you have siblings. And I—I I mean, I kind of got emotional there at the end. No, so yeah, <laughs> I was crying at the end. <laughs> I, I liked how the boss baby, you know, uh, went through the process again and, and changed, yeah. changed his changed outcome. His life. Yeah. yeah, 
Absolutely. Um, I thought I, I like I said I can't um, praise it enough for its cleverness. Mm-hmm. So um, kudos to them for that. Um, I enjoyed it a lot, and uh, you know I would be curious. You know I could see a sequel, that like from the perspective the, of the, the daughter. Um, it could be fun to some, kind of see a comparison, and like I said, you know the, the irony being like this isn't what my dad's told me. <laughs> I could see them doing a sequel in some way. Boss babies. <laughs> I don't know. Make it plural. Um, yeah, who knows? Alrighty, well, it's been fun talking about it with you guys. It's a fun movie. It is. Um, thank you guys for joining us. Let us know your thoughts, your opinions. Um, we enjoy reading them. And we'll be back next week with uh, certainly more movies. Um, what are we doing? Uh, out of those three, which one? Which two are we doing? We're probably doing Smurfs. <laughs> what? <laughs> we might be doing Smurfs. Oh, my dear Lord. <laughs> Phil's excited. Uh, I'll probably be just doing Going Out in Style. And we'll do, and we'll do uh, Fate of the Furious when that comes out. We, we do have the worst on the start of the summer movies. Yeah, They're we slowly are. starting to Guardians of the Galaxy is not too far off. Yeah. So um, that's something to look forward to. I'm sure we've got a ton of animated movies in the summer as well to look forward to. Maybe not necessarily another Zootopia type of movie. That was just so good. But we'll see. It was really good. I'm sure there's going to be some great ones. Um, thank you guys for joining us as always at Serafini TV. That's right. At Beth Bead Talks TV. There you go. And um, at, at the Popcorn Talk. And check out our other movies here. Um, we don't have an animation show directly, but we should get one. We should. We've That's talked about missing... Kung Fu Panda. We've talked about Storks. We've talked about all That's you know, on Anatomy. On Anatomy. So definitely anatomy. check out past Anatomy shows. Yeah. And the Instagram account. And our Instagram account. Yes, where we are also there. Twitter and Instagram at Movie Anatomy. Alright. Thank you guys for joining us. We'll see you next time on another <laughs> Anatomy of a Movie. and the rest of the Anatomy of a Movie staff. We would like to thank you for listening and subscribing to the show. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to email or tweet us. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been Anatomy of a Movie.